Shut up, I love it. Got a lovely apartment for you to see. It has free water, all the water you can have included, and most importantly, it is Shut Up, I Love It. This is Shut Up, I Love It, the show starring the one and only Sasha Filer. I am the star of this show. The and star. then I have another like supporting mm-hmm. cast, Joe Cabello. That's me. Joe Cabello is the supporting cast. Very Italian pronunciation of my last name. Uh, Cabello. Yeah, I don't have. I don't think I have an ounce of Italian in me. Uh, maybe Italian dressing because I took a shot of it before we started. But that's neither here nor there. But that's just a little sugar rush that you like to <laughs> it have. It is. Yeah, it's my uh, my treat. So we, this is Shut Up, I Love It. If you haven't listened before, thank you for joining. We are a show that brings on a special guest to talk about something they love that might be misunderstood, misrepresented, hated, uh, unknown, anything under that. That's right. Joining us today, she is a writer, director. She's a great person. Welcome, Archana Shinde. Hi. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Joe. How are you guys? We're good. better. I got my Italian dressing in my belly. I'm good. (laughs) And we had a couple of croissants. I mean, at least I did. So I feel great. Look at you two having a fun day. And for the audience who doesn't know, they're in the same room together. They get to be so lucky as to be in the same room. Let's not get anybody upset. There's a pandemic out there. We all are fully vaxxed and we're ready to get right into the meat of today's episode. Archana, what are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about dark water. It's a Japanese horror film from 2002, directed by uh, Hideo Nakada. And it's based on a a short story written by uh, uh, Koji Suzuki, and the name of the short story is actually Floating Water. Floating Water? Yes, yes. And uh, it's it's a story about a divorced mother uh, who moves into a, 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 in a rundown apartment and starts experiencing supernatural occurrences um so a straight up horror film a straight up horror and also i'm glad you had uh mentioned it's the 2002 japanese horror film because many people in the states might be familiar with the jennifer Connolly 2005 dark water and we will not be discussing that at all Yes, also known as an awful remake. <laughs> We're also not going to discuss a lot of other films that sound very similar to Dark Water, like Dark Waters, which at least six of them were made in 20th century. And, and Open Water is even close, <laughs> a close cousin of Dark Waterfront? Water. Waterfront? Not going to uh, discuss it today. <laughs> <laughs> None of those. Uh, but yeah. Water, isn't there like a water superhero? What's the, what's the dude with the long hair? Uh, Aquaman. Yeah, so not gonna adjacent. Either. It's adjacent. <laughs> He's not Waterman, but he is Aquaman. <laughs> Amazing. So this movie, I think um, we already kind of lean into why this might be a good shut up. I love it by even bringing up the hated American remake. But what uh, category of shut up? I love it. Do you think this falls into? So I feel like this movie is not well known as as much. That's what I would say because, you know, anytime I mention Dark Water, of course, they talk about the 2005 film and 
a lot of people haven't heard of the original 2002, which is a fantastic um, psychological uh, horror film, like ever, probably. Strong statement. Yeah, and you don't like the remake, right? That's what I got no. from you. No, gosh, no. It's it was uh, they they made a lot of changes which were not essential at all to the uh, story. Uh, you know, just just for the sake of having good actors, they expanded certain characters, uh, which was not necessary in a way. And I feel like Jennifer Connelly's character, which is like the original, the, the mother's character, that's, to me, it's a character that needs to be easily blend into her environment. And Jennifer Connelly, because oh. of the casting, she kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, yeah. you all that beauty, it's all those yes. uh, those eyebrows, those beautiful light eyes, and the eyebrows. Before eyebrows became a thing, she had the eyebrows that everybody's desiring. Yeah, days. thick eyebrow exactly. queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just she can't be non glamorous. Like you mm -hmm. know, it's just not possible. Where is so she these days? I had to like look her up, and I didn't find a whole lot on her. Uh, she's ready or not. I believe she was recently in that movie. No, that might have been mm -hmm. someone else. But uh, she's been in a couple <laughs> things recently. I didn't. She didn't stick out in that movie that much. So you can't it, tell. It, it might have been. It might have been Andy McDowell, or it might have been both of them. Right. But that's not what this is about. This is about Dark Water, the OG. <laughs> we keep being pulled away from washed away by other movies from uh, the topic of this episode. And I do think that's almost important because this movie did come around the time of the Japanese horror boom that was coming over to the United States with Ring, uh, Grudge, which I think are more popular and more well-known than Dark Water, um, even though Dark Water is, you know, fairly known and popular. But... It, those movies all kind of have a connection because they were all bastardized uh, with remakes in the United States. So I almost feel like they're triplets. Yes, that is true. And then uh, Ring was also directed by the same director. And Ring is also uh, written by the same writer, too. So mm. oh, wow. they, they kind of have, yeah. They, they have... wanted to like just keep going. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Well, let's just say that this movie is actually called Honogurai Mizu no Sokokara. I don't know why I made like a samurai voice with this, but it's, it's what it's called. <laughs> Honogurai Mizu no Sokokara. Literally from the depths of dark water. But we just ended up with dark water. Yeah, or. I just felt like it's important. And the original floating water as well there. So we got That's a lot true. of names. Yeah. You can read Japanese? Wow. Uh, I actually just saw transliteration, but I can read can read hiragana and katakana i did study japanese i keep bragging about it every episode of shut up i love every other episode of shut well, up i love it i studied japanese over the quarantine and i can have a basic conversation in japanese basic i'm gonna Very brag because i'm learning korean as we speak <gasps> which does my heyo I don't know. I, I'm, That's the I'm question. Do you speak Korean? I'm just learning now. So uh, <laughs> so you just learned the last 20 seconds as I started talking about the <laughs> Yeah, I have the app, the Duolingo app open right now. But yeah, so that's happening, which does make it... Uh, some of the characters are very similar, the Japanese mm -hmm. characters, um, yeah. which makes it very confusing for me as an ignorant new learner. So I did not appreciate having to watch a Japanese movie in my study of korean <laughs> so thank you so much for that no but let's uh miss 
Japanese over here, Sasha. Have you? Mm. Uh, do you? Were you familiar with Dark Water in any way prior to this? Not at all familiar. Like zero familiarity, I have to say. And uh, this was the first time. What about you, Joe? Um, I had seen the remake when it came out because I was uh, mm. working at the movie theater at the time. So you were into Andy McDowell. <laughs> yeah, and I was so mad that she was not <laughs> in it. Uh, it was my main complaint of that movie. Uh, I didn't know you worked at the movie theater, though. Which one? I did several times. AMC, AMC movie theaters for a couple mm-hmm. stints. I was mm-hmm. even a lead at one point. So lead myself. of the A movie. Uh, no, <laughs> of the <laughs> department, which sucks. You got paid a quarter more, mm-hmm. like 25 like cents, 25 cents to be the guy who's like in charge of everything than the person who's not. So it's just really power trip is the only reason people mm-hmm. take on that position. Yeah. And a blue shirt instead of a red one. But anyways, I did oh. see the remake when I uh, was working there. Did not like it. Didn't like it at all. And I never, I think because of that, I never got around to seeing the original version just because it really turned me off. Bummed you out. Yeah. It's interesting how it works. Like, on one hand, you think a remake would be like, oh, so now everybody's going to, like, if I made an original movie, right? You're like, oh, Hollywood remake is going to make everybody now notice me. But instead, it's like a sealed deal that nobody will ever watch your movie. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Who knows? I was. Well, Archana is... seems to have strong feelings about the remake, which we told our audience we're not going to talk about that remake, but it keeps coming up. So I kind of like this <laughs> deceiving, <laughs> deceiving I, preamble. I'm going to say I was being ironic, even though at the time I was not being ironic, but mm-hmm. I think I was. But yeah, that's my experience with it. This is my first time seeing it. I was very excited to finally get to see it. So let's get into talking about this. Do we start with the remake? No. <laughs> talk, talk 30 minutes. Arshana, tell us why. I mean, first of all, are you a J-horror or any horror like buff? I was not at all, but I turned into a horror buff like about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I watched Dark Water back in like 2003 or 2004 when I was in India with my brother and my sister. and I Shout out. Yes, and I think that was the reason. Basically, I stopped watching horror films because I was just so terrified. Oh, wow. And for, I I don't know, like 15 years later, uh, uh, it was one of the first films when I started to get into horror films. It was one of the first films I, I wanted to revisit, and then I watched it a few more times after that. And what are some of your favorite horror movies? And or do you have a style, too, that you tend mm-hmm. to gravitate towards, too? Because I'm similar in the past few years. I've gotten really into horror. So that that interests me that you did the same. Uh, so I would say my favorite uh, horror genre would be uh, uh, psychological and supernatural horror. I'm not, I'm not into, like, slasher films mm-hmm. at all. And my favorite one, the, there are two films that I watch every year, uh, one of them is The Shining, and the second is a Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. Classics. So, and now the third one is Dark Water. Wow. It's, and uh, Rosemary's Baby and Dark Water are very connected. Yes. Yes. The theme of motherhood, the theme of, you know... Uh, apartments. Uh, apartments, yes. <laughs> a film. <laughs> the theme of moving images. <laughs> moving into a new apartment and not... Yeah. I mean, The Shining also does have that, that uh-huh. you know... It's new place. New place. Exactly. Sense of a place. Yeah. 
fucking with you. And even motherhood uh, is. There you go. The first the, f bomb of the of the of the episode. Don't do it. We only get one. We only get one before we get the <laughs> R rating. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Is the question? We will never know. Wow. So, so it, do you like uh, then our channel like the slower paced horror film building up instead of what Joe prefers when people just start slashing each other's right and blood is everywhere. Well, I don't know if I would say I'm a slasher like lover, mm -hmm. but I love creature features. I love, you know, seeing monsters, practical effects and that type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But not to say that's the only type of horror I like, but that's definitely what I'll throw on with Glee. <laughs> not the show Glee. You know, I'll put uh, two TVs, one showing Glee <laughs> and one showing the horror movie, just to balance it out. Uh, okay, so the other one that I like, it's not like the psychological horror, which is the Happy Death Day and its sequel. Oh, yes. Great movies. Yeah, that's a slasher, but it's almost, a it's not a slasher more than it's a Groundhog's Day movie. Exactly. Exactly. That's the Groundhog's Day element in that is like, I really enjoy that. So let's just at least uh, cover the premise of Dark Water. I keep wanting to say Dark Water. It's just a single water. Uh, 20, 2002, um, when Bush, I guess, was president and 9-11 uh, already happened. And in Japan, J-horror was the hottest thing ever. So uh, a mother in the middle of a divorce, right, moves right. Uh, into a new apartment that seems to be sketchy with her young daughter. And shit starts happening. So the first thing um, she notices, Yoshimi is the name of the mother's character. She notices is this big leak stain on the ceiling of her apartment. And it kind of grows over time. So for me, it always like her, in a way, her it repre represents her psychosis, how mm -hmm. it grows over time. And so she finds uh, hair in her uh, tap water her daughter who's in kindergarten she sees a girl in a yellow uh, yellow raincoat and like rain boots and then she gets sick um, yoshimi starts you know seeing visions of the girl as well and there is this recurring uh, red bag that keeps appearing in their lives uh, no matter how how hard yoshimi tries to get rid of it and i'm wondering for um if you remember this of how you felt watching it for the first time and if there was any question of whether she was just losing her mind versus there actually being something supernatural and a question to both of you well i think the there was a setup of the husband right early on i i want to say he calls into question her sanity in the midst of the divorce mm -hmm. with the attorney so i think it was more for us than for the audience where it's like, well, shit's gonna happen, and we don't know if it's in her head, if it's in the, uh, the main character's head, or is it happening uh, for real? Did it work for you? Yeah, it worked for me. It worked for me. The duality of what could it be worked for me. Uh, for me too. I mean, I knew that was happening because one of the earliest uh, scenes uh, where we see the ghost is uh, when Yoshimi is in the elevator, and she feels like uh, uh, holding a hand and she thinks it's her daughter, but her daughter runs out of the elevator. And the next thing you know is this horrified look on Yoshimi's face. And that was the time 
in the movie i was like oh you know she needs to get out of this place because there is definitely <laughs> a ghost so mm-hmm. yeah i i believed her from the beginning i i had, a, I had some lingering questions of like is it uh, at the beginning of like, oh, will this be a psychological twist movie where she is crazy the entire time? So I think it did a good job at balancing that with little eggs. Is that not Easter eggs? eggs. But uh, not Easter eggs, but maybe Christmas eggs or maybe uh, April Fool's Day eggs. Breakfast eggs. Yeah. yeah. Hard boiled. Well, and I, I actually am going to drop the bomb right now because I feel like it's time to drop a bomb. And say that in the beginning, I really liked the movie. And then it turned out like about act three to be something completely different. And that was my problem with the movie where I felt like the genre switched and I was not ready for it. So we can get more into that. But that just kind of um, my response to when you start watching something so beautiful like this film and the stuff is building and you're like, yeah, yeah. But then the back of your mind, especially as a writer, you're like thinking, well, what are they gonna do with all that? And then at the end, you're like, oh, it's just like a, it's just like a, a whole mess. And it started with sort of a rival or becoming importance of one of the supporting characters of her lawyer, like when uh, Yoshimi has a breakdown in yet another meeting for her with her husband and his lawyers during the divorce, and this lawyer steps in. And then, like, for some reason, he starts driving the story for, like, 15 minutes. And it's, like, really weird. <laughs> I don't know if I would describe it as him driving the story. What do you think about that, Archana? Uh, yes, I also don't think he drove the story. But at the same time, she was in such a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. I feel like the lawyer kind of represented someone who was sane and someone who can take control of the situation mm-hmm. and possibly, like, lead her in the right direction. So one of the... The best things he could have done for her was to give her uh, as a plot device, like, you know, you can't leave, right? Because for me, w- anytime mm. I watch a horror film and I know that something's not right, my first question is always, why don't they just leave, mm-hmm. right? Everything mm-hmm. would be, will be just done. And Archana is a former engineer, so she knows what's up. Like, she knows what's up when she sees logical. <laughs> you, you could see I mean, a ghost just based on the engineering of the wall but in, behind it that's flickering with movement. <laughs> no, but, you know, you can always say, like, things are not right. Like, why would you want to be in that environment, right? Like, that's, like, the next logical step. But with Yoshimi, her lawyer tells her that you can't because it's going to hurt your case your divorce case you know against your husband mm-hmm. and then you definitely don't want him to take your daughter away mm-hmm. so she decides to stay but that place her apartment her apartment in that rundown uh, complex where you don't see anybody else well there is a reason behind that too but I, I can come back to that later though so he tries to help her out gets the apartment upstairs cleaned up so you know that apartment her apartment is more livable and that gave me a hope that oh things are going to be okay for her but you know it's a horror film so of course they are not so it's not yes yeah. uh, and about like i love the how that keeps them in the apartment i think you make a great point that that's you know you need that moment where it's not just something stupid and superficial while they stay there and i love when a movie either breaks it or finds a good reason to keep them there uh insidious shout out to that movie have you guys seen insidious i have not it is a movie where they actually say 
let's leave the house. Like, actually, <laughs> screw this, let's leave the house. But then they find a way to make it worse after they've left the house. So shout out to that one just for having kind of the curveball <laughs> of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did appreciate this of like, hey, making it the, the daughter and her connection to the daughter is as much of a chain as it is like something that she doesn't want to break, you know, but it's it's hurting her in this instance. When I said that there's certain like a genre mixture and I didn't mean like a genre mixture, but like there was certain shifts was happening when it was promising like a fantastical movie like it, there was a promise of like psychological like horror or or like almost like with thriller elements and then but then it would become realistic at times like there would be scenes that were really realistic and it could be a reason why you like this movie so much because there's a lot of like realism but for me it was confusing and it became film's logic became contradictory like a lot of times for me like in that sense that i was like well, wait so there's crazy stuff happening but then things are just also very grounded at the same i don't know like it, it, it was just trying to um like if it was more <laughs> over david lynch or david fincher like like which like which one and it was like not organically interwoven for me so that was my criticism if that makes any sense for this film i feel like that's a problem of expectation i think mm -hmm. because i think part of the beauty of this movie is that it's literally wa water like it's, there's a lot of water in this film it's just it could be explained by leaking pipes and it is it essentially is explained by that and in, in a lot of ways but it's it's not like water taking the shape of a human like in the abyss and coming after them or anything like that it's just like the biggest consistent terror is that uh spot on the ceiling growing and growing which is even something so normal and human like if you lived in a shitty apartment you may have even had that happen to you and it is like it's scary it's bad and if there's no one there to help you so i do like that it stayed super like grounded and wasn't fantastical so much until it does have some moments that obviously <laughs> like the girl getting grabbed through the murky water <laughs> by the mm -hmm. ghost and things like that but it's not so crazy is there anything else that um stands out for you archana when you think about this film uh so we do see two uh, two streams of uh, flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And when I first watched it, um, I wasn't sure which one was whose uh, flashback. So, you know, there is a flashback of Yoshimi when she uh, was in school and she was kind of like neglected by her parents. So her drive to be there for her daughter came from that, that I'm going to be there for my mm -hmm. daughter. And she feels really guilty when it's when she's late to uh, pick up Ikuko. And then the second flashback is uh, the, the part of her visions when Yoshimi sees the girl in the uh, yellow raincoat, and what her life was also like. Very similar to Yoshimi, where her parents kind of neglected her, didn't you know? They wouldn't show up on time to pick her up from her school. So I yeah, I found that 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 was. Uh, that was really cool. Like they have like the sepia tone to the uh, to the girls' uh, flashbacks and Yoshimi's flashbacks are they they f look like a little washed out. Yeah, everything's kind of got that water stain to to it. Like 
everything. It's a very ugly movie, but it's an ugly movie in service for what it's trying to do and say. Yeah, I like the way it looks, actually, for sure. To me, like the ending is super dissatisfying for when the daughter, um, spoiler alert for this movie, I mean, we're like really spoiling the hell out of the movie. That's the podcast. If we do a movie, that's the we'll podcast. Spoil it. It usually is what happens with this podcast. So we always advise you, the audience, go watch the movie. Make sure it's 2002. Don't you watch a remake of any kind or no Dark Waters, please. Come back and listen to us. So yeah, I mean, the ending is with the daughter suddenly grown up, which is suddenly because it's a time jump. It's not sudden. But then she <laughs> comes back suddenly to see, uh, oh, what's happening in this old building? And oh, for some reason, this room is furnished and the mother is there and mother has been watching over her this whole time and i did not get that is it like that was a big uh, I, I mean like i didn't see how she was watching her over this whole time because we cut it would jump in time so i didn't see that um inf that didn't resonate with me emotionally that her mother was watching although the film was mostly about like the fear of like abs like what happens if i'm the absent parent like what happens if i'm not there to protect my child but um I didn't get to see her actually watching over her daughter, which was like a big emotional. Well, that would have been exciting. You know, the daughter's 13 eating a hamburger and the mom's floating yeah. over her. Exactly. Watching her eat the hamburger. Something As opposed like to that. her <laughs> walking into uh, a furnished apartment uh, and her mom was hanging out there. Well, I have my thoughts on that, and I'll, I'll actually, while you spoiled your thoughts of the movie, I'm going to hold my cards until the very end. Yeah, you should hold the cards, although I'm feeling the love through the screen. I'm Can feeling feel it. I'm gonna it? Call, Can you feel it? I'm going to call it that uh, you love this film, which I don't even know why uh, I'm making a big deal about it, because it's good. But I, I, I'm not saying I didn't like it a lot. Well, I'll hold my cards too, even though I have criticism here. I'm just creating creating drama, creating but, drama. But what do you have to say to that end, it, about the ending and what Sasha said, Archana? Um, oh, so for me, the ending was actually what happens in the elevator mm -hmm. uh, when uh, Yoshimi thinks she's actually holding her daughter and trying, trying to flee the, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, flee the apartment. Oh, sorry, flee the building, but she's actually holding, of course, the ghost of uh, uh, Mitsuko. And so what happens with the, the epilogue where the daughter is all grown up and she comes back. So yes, on my second or third viewing, mm -hmm. when I saw the furnished apartment, like mm -hmm. you said, yes, that was a bit jarring. I was like, how is that even possible? Like, Mm -hmm. You know, like 15, how many years later? Like, I think like fi mm -hmm. 15 years later, she comes back and it's just, the place is just, uh, you know, amazing. So, yes. But at the same time, there was this one uh, moment in there where, uh, uh, where Ikuko wants to be with her mother. And she actually believes that her mother is still alive until she feels that, the presence of the ghost, the, the girl who's still a little girl behind her. And then that that's the moment for her. That's the moment when she realizes that, oh, you know, her mother is actually not alive. And yeah, that that was that was chilling. Yeah. Um, and I I really like that ending um, because you have the history of um, I forget the main characters again. Uh, the Yoshimi. Yoshimi. She was abandoned by her mother in a very uh, real way when she was young. So she's obviously wrestling with the fact that she might have to abandon her daughter as well. But 
outside of her control. Like, it's not a choice she's making. Uh, the daughter's being ripped from her, but still, there's no way you can't feel personally responsible for that. You know, it still feels like abandoning her daughter. So that's what she's fighting through the whole time. That's what she's struggling to do is make sure she doesn't. And the beauty of the fact that in the end she does abandon her daughter, but for the best reason. She's choosing to save her daughter by being with the ghost, making sure the ghost doesn't take the daughter. So it's this kind of brutal yet sweet end where that her destiny of pain did come true, but for the best reason it possibly could have. So I found that to be really beautiful and sad, certainly. But uh, for the theme of the movie, it's like, yeah, if you can have some control over how you do it, and it's not a selfish control, it's out of pure love, then that is awesome. That's a beautiful explanation. And if you end up saying that you hated this movie at the end, that would be, I would be, I would be shocked. <laughs> I'd be like, why well, he was really holding the cards. He was really holding his cards. Um, is there anything else we should discuss before we get into my favorite part of the episode? I do want to mention one thing that I bought this movie off Amazon. Um, Ever heard of it? Yeah, never heard of it. Friends of the show get a discount code uh, for everything using Shut Up, I Love It. But I bought it and then it ended up being a Japanese version with no subtitles whatsoever. Oh, dude, that's crazy. You did text me about it. That's insane. What happened? I don't know. It's just like the version they have for sale is straight Japanese, not even Japanese subtitles. There's like no subtitle option. <laughs> so uh, watch out if you go to watch this, watch it on Tubi. That's mm -hmm. free. And Tubi has been really great for Shut Up, I Love It episodes in general. Yeah, a lot of the rental ones end up being that. I own it on iTunes, mm -hmm. uh, which also gives you iTunes extras, which is an interview with the director, uh, an interview with the writer. So uh, one thing that uh, Hideo Nakara mentioned uh, was uh, that the screenwriters of Dark Water did not like the film. Oh. oh, they didn't like how, yeah. the, how it all how, came to how be. Yeah. Yes, they were very disappointed that it was not scary. It w there were like oh. no jump scares. It wasn't scary at all and how slow it was. It's almost mm -hmm. a drama, right? Would you, would you agree with that? Like drama, 70%. Yes. David Fincher, 70%, David Fincher, 30%, 30%, David Lynch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know about that, but I'd say... <laughs> I, I'd, that sounds very complimentary, I mean, by the way. It would be a, it could have been more David Lynch like if everything would have been in her head. You know, mm -hmm. if the ghost didn't exist and all of this, you know, the reference to the the leak on the ceiling, mm -hmm. uh, just you know, like part of her again, like part of her psychosis. Then yes, absolutely. But it also gave me on like repeat viewings uh, a kind of like a perspective that. Yoshimi, in a way, could relate to the ghost, the little girl, because she had been abandoned. So the decision she makes to stick with the ghost and, you know, not, uh, and to save her daughter's life also comes from that because she has felt that uh, pain in her own life. So I think, I feel like she can relate to that and 
she stays with the, uh, with Mitsuko, the ghost, is because of that. And I will say, David Lynch sucks. Can I oh. just say that? Wow, that's strong. <laughs> um, strongly disagree. Open up, opens up a huge can of worms. I did hear. <laughs> the other day I was sitting and, and thinking about um, different, this is going to sound so obnoxious, different improv teachers that were supposed to be good in my life, but they weren't. And uh, and one of them, it was Neil Campbell, who was at some shout point. Out. Shout out. Neil Campbell, who was um, artistic director of UCB at the time. And so I was like, Neil Campbell, like, he was interesting, but, like, he was also, like, a bummer. Because I remember he was saying how he doesn't like David Lynch because nothing makes sense. Is that the reason you don't like David Lynch, Joe? Um, no, I just think it's You don't his like ass. his... Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You don't like the the way he loves transcendental meditation? Uh, yeah, I don't like him as a person. smokes cigarettes, <laughs> drinks coffee, and used to do Los Angeles weather on the, pod, on the radio, on local radio. Yeah, those things specifically. Those, yeah. Uh, but I don't think this movie is Lynchian at all. Well, then just it's going to be more shocking when you're going to say that you hated it at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where we're headed. I think it's time we do the ratings. I love to do a nice rating. How does it work, Joe? What, right. what is this ratings that we keep talking about? What, what is, what's the deal? Get your pen and paper out, everybody. This is how it works. You might <laughs> want to remember it. So we're going to rate this movie on a scale of 0 to 10 using mm-hmm. something else as a reference. Now, since this is a movie, probably a movie would make sense. So you could say Dark Waters is a 10, but Dark Damn Water Lynch. is a 9. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, of course, those being two different movies. Or you could use something else like chocolate chip cookies are a one, and this Classic. movie is a five. Whatever you would like, it doesn't really matter. And if it doesn't make sense, well, me and Sasha will go first. <laughs> so I will go first. Um, this one, I'll rate a couple things against it. One. Cookies. The qu- yeah, cookies <laughs> and dark waters. Uh, the just I'll, regular water, tap water. Yeah, tap water. Uh, and depending on the city, Flint tap water zero. <laughs> LA tap water, tap water six. But I'm gonna go with water movies, uh, where water is kind of a consuming force mm, uh, to the characters. Uh, and that I will do weathering with you, an anime film mm. from I think second last com- second year. time you bring it up as a comparison. It's yeah. a great movie. I'm gonna give that a ten. Uh, if you haven't seen weathering with you, it's not a horror movie, but I think they're the same. Uh, or dark water is more of a straight horror movie, but like we said, it's a little more heavy on drama. I feel like there's um, some horror elements to weathering with you, but it's like five or ten percent. So I'm going to give that a 10 as far as being a water movie. But I think we should also use another uh, J-horror movie as well. So I'm going to go with... uh, I'm going to mess up the name. Let me just look it up. Uh, Okay, Suicide Club. I'm going to make sure I had that right. Mm. It's a J-horror movie about a popular pop song that starts kind of causing murders and suicides throughout Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, very disturbing, very scary. I like that movie. I'm going to give that movie a seven. Mm-hmm. 
We'd love to watch it again. It has a great song. So, we've got a 10, a 7. Where does Dark Water lie? I'm going to give Dark Water a 3.5. Oh! <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. So, there was a lot this I... This is shocking. I, Achana, is I'm really shocking. upset right now. I'm, I'm yeah. really upset. Okay. There was a lot I liked about <sighs> Dark Water... Uh, conceptually or with the themes like the things i talked about are things that i did like i liked the way the look matched the movie i liked um the way the water was the the i'm so shocked this is the biggest misdirect i've had in my life (laughs) he was praising the movie the whole time well i think those things are good Oh, but I, I thought it would be close to like between eight. Seven, yeah, seven eight. or eight is what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I wow. was hoping to be shocking and look at this. I got my wish. <laughs> uh, but I do agree with the screenwriters. I don't think it's scary enough. And Baby at Spencer. the same time, it's not Flint water. Um, it's still trying to be scary and it's. The drama isn't high enough. It almost seems like the drama at the end comes as a tacked on uh, part of you, it. The ending is weird, dude. Like the whole act three. But I like it conceptually. There is stuff I like about about <laughs> it. So, so you're going to make a difference between you're saying you like it conceptually, but then you also like still liked it. Like, like you know what the I mean? Execution. It's like, okay. I didn't really like care for the execution. So I found it to be a little bit of a slog to get through. I think because the uh, jump scares and set pieces were missing while also not uh, like increasing the drama. Like it's really just like- A lot of atmosphere. Her, yeah, it's her and her not really bouncing off of any other characters in any meaningful way. So there's no real drama there. Some with the husband, but the husband is a, a- villain a he's a one one dimensional mm-hmm. villain which isn't a problem but just she doesn't have anybody to really be dramatic over it's almost the drama is based off concepts you know the drama of just losing a daughter which we could all understand the drama we all have daughters of, yeah <laughs> everybody here has daughters so it that is i need jump scares with that and set pieces so the slasher guy talking it's the slasher guy who wants to have a little slashing <laughs> there was zero slashing and so here we go three and a half three and a half not even a four well not a three a not a three what would have made it a four if what what is missing that half point jennifer connelly <laughs> slash andy mcdowell <laughs> Uh, but it's. It, I didn't hate watching it by any means, but we are uh, three and a half measuring like it. A hate. We are measuring it off of Weathering with You and Suicide Club. So, and Suicide Club again. What was it? Seven. 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 All right, I'll go next. I, I'm like really just kind of bummed Everybody out. Hates the, the, this. <laughs> Everybody hates me now. Everybody hates you. Shut up! I hate Joe Cabello. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in actually and use what you are trying to set up with. Um, you know, the greatest horror films pretty much of all time, uh, in my mind, uh, with Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, right? Stanley Kubrick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm like tripping out. And then, um, of course, the uh, Rosemary's Baby, Roman Polanski, Mm -hmm. Mm, shout out, not a friend. We are not his, (laughs) it's complicated. He doesn't know us. He doesn't know us. Um, So, uh, I mean, those are like tens. They're two tens, they're the best movies, I mean, there's 
it's like shit get crazy and lynchian in my mind at the end of the shining but it still works it's still like fucking great whatever two tens um i'm gonna throw some david lynch on it just just to piss off Jokovic, <laughs> just to get some reaction i'm gonna take any david lynch top five and this also could be nines and tens i'm not gonna even name them just gonna throw them all there sprinkle them right up top and i think that dark water 2002 is a six like i think it's like i actually like i was enjoying the ride for a long time with a little beer and uh, i don't drink beer that often so it was really nice like just giving me like a little like a good feeling and i was riding this wave for quite a while until i was like oh what's the deal with the young lawyer and then the ending was like i didn't feel like like joe put it like exactly it was tacked on so and then the final moment with the mother and daughter was like ah come on but then by then, the beer was processed by my system. <laughs> I had a fast metabolism. So who knows? Maybe I was just sleepy. So I'd say six. Most importantly, who are we here to talk? I mean, we're here to listen to our channel. What does she think about it? Give us your scale. All right. So I'll use The Shining and, of course, Rosemary's Baby. Both 10, mm. both amazing films. Um, I would say Dark Water, um, about seven and a half. Ooh. Yeah. Seven and a half, why? Um, uh, why so high, why so low? Why is it less than, and then why is it more than Joe's rating? Anything is bigger than Joe's rating. <laughs> uh, 3.6 so, is higher than my rating. Yes, exactly. Um, As an engineer, she knows. <laughs> I would say um, all the points that Joe mentioned, that she did not have any other characters, and then we didn't see you know, interaction or whatever, like the plot moving with the help of other characters. That actually is the precise reason I liked it because I loved the journey with this one woman and her daughter in this almost abandoned building. And then, you know, like being a part of their life in that, in those few weeks or months, to me, that was, uh, I really, uh, like that I related to uh, that experience. Mm -hmm. And Joe, everything that you mentioned is something that they tried to do in the 2005 remake. And uh, that absolutely did not work for me. It's like, wow. I felt like people were talking too much as opposed to in the 2002 film, it was quiet, uh, you know, it was uh, peaceful. Uh, Creepy. Yes, and then the peaceful environment turned into this creepy, bone-chilling kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, vibe changed into that. So I enjoyed that a lot. Wow. You got schooled, Joe. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, this is like, I, I am very, I don't know, excited slash disappointed by Joe's uh, misdirect in the show. But hey. Um, I'm curious to see uh, how how you would rate the 2005 film because you know if you gave three and a half to <laughs> this masterpiece, uh, what would you say? Do about you recall? That? Yeah. It, Do you recall? That was you know 16, 17 years ago that I saw it, so mm -hmm. I don't r really remember anything other than not you liking were, it. You were two years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I was sitting on my mom's lap in the movie theater. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure I would like it because I, I also don't think it's as easy as what Hollywood must have done by 
like you said, just like adding more characters and more dialogue. I don't think it's as easy as just doing that. I think there's mm-hmm. there's a different way to go about that, uh, fixing it for a better lack of a better term. Um, but I did appreciate a lot of it. I just didn't necessarily enjoy watching it. So you appreciate it without liking it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I have a lot of follow up questions that I'm not <laughs> not going to address here. And I um, didn't know that was possible. I didn't no. know that was possible. <laughs> I am. Uh, I feel like an alien that doesn't understand human nature. Appreciation and enjoyment are two different things. That's what we learned today in this okay. episode of Shut Up, I Love It. Archana, is there anything you'd like to plug for our audience where they can find you on the internet? What's going on? All right, so I... Uh, made a feature film with my husband, who's also a filmmaker. Um, I executive produced uh, his first feature film. Awesome. It's called... Great. It's called Wake. Uh, it uh, features uh, Joe Coy, uh, Mindy Christ, and James Denton, and it's available on Amazon Prime. And does it have English subtitles? It does. <laughs> and it's in English. <laughs> so. And it's in English. So already, already win over Dark Water on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, specifically... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the three and a half was for the Amazon's Dark Water. So basically, you watched the film without <laughs> subtitles, and you didn't, you didn't yeah. enjoy it because it was a language. It must have been that, that was upsetting for you because you were learning Korean, and how can this Japanese information coming at you interfere with that? Yeah, it's really wow. It's very personal, very personal. Very so personal. Joe, I feel like if you actually watch rewatched Dark Water with English subtitles, you might wanna up you. We'll probably want to up Come your back. rating. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'll know what's going on. Yeah, I'll find. Yes. <laughs> but that's super exciting. I urge everybody to check out that movie. Check out Wake on Amazon Prime. Joe, what's going on with you? Oh, you guys better go to joecabello.com. There's a link to my Etsy store where you can get my comic book, Bottoms Up Hard Liquor. It is a horror movie. Uh, atmospheric, psychological, suspenseful. Not a slasher. So I think you might enjoy it. And their copies are flying off the shelves. You need to go on there now or else they're not going to be available. That's great. Hopefully you like it instead of just appreciating it, dear audience. (laughs) Hey, I'll take anything as long as I got your money. (laughs) That's all that matters to Joe Cabello. Thank you so much, Archana, for coming on. Shut up, I love it. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. Thank you, Elizabeth Salud, for the artwork. And thank you for listening.